Hi, I'm Bailey. Hi, I'm Charles. And you're listening to Hold Me, I'm Scared. And a welcome back to Hold Me, I Am Scared. Today, we're talking about aliens. That's right, the extraterrestrial, the up in space, those guys. It's, it's a weird one. Do you believe in aliens? I used to be like a really big believer in aliens, but as I get older, I have just like less faith in anything exciting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't know anymore, but I think there has to be like some other form of life in like the vast expanse of the world, right? You would think so. I My story goes more into that, but um, I, I don't know. I would love to believe that we're not the only ones stuck like out here in this dark, like world where it's just not even world, like cosmos where there's just like absolutely nothing at all. Right. And it's just us. That is terrifying to think that like that's all it is. Also, me and Bailey are coming to you in person. We're both vaccinated, so calm down. Um, but it's weird to be doing this in person. It feels like even stranger somehow I don't know it's kind of surreal because mm-hmm. we've been looking at each other through a screen every other time it's very strange but it's, I'm glad to be here I'm happy to see you yes I'm happy to see you too <laughs> I'm to see you wait touch my hand oh my god it feels so alien <laughs> okay um well let me ask you this yes what are you scared of today? Um, I'm, uh, I'm like a little apprehensive in general just because I'm going back home mm. tomorrow. And so like the whole thing of traveling and going back to work and just kind of going back to real life after I've had a little break coming to see you just makes me feel like anxious, I guess. I think that would be the closest thing to like fear at the forefront today um yeah just that anxiety of adjusting back to real life what about you um feeling scared of anything well i am planning a bachelorette party for one of my other best friends and i'm scared that the plans that i made without calling the place because they're the only ones open there's like three locations and they're only open on sundays and i everyone's time sort of like came together for Sunday so now I'm scared that I'm gonna call and they're gonna be like oh no actually we're not open on Sunday oh, no. <laughs> so uh, then we'll have to figure out something else to do yeah um, but yeah and also like the wedding party like only half of them have responded to me so whatever um but yeah I'm afraid of that yeah I think aren't you glad I'm probably never gonna get married yes. you won't have to do that for me I'll never have to do it for you <laughs> You're never going to get married, and if you do, you're going to be rich enough to afford a, uh, what's it called? A wedding planner. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's what I plan on doing. Like, I I come up with the details and the aesthetic. No, sorry. I come up with just the aesthetic. They do the details. Right. And the planning and the whatever. Like, I just give you the idea. Yeah. They're the wheels for the car. Do I choose anything about my wedding? 
are you, oh, in this, in my vision. Yes. Um, which related to vision psychics, check out our last episode. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. Okay. Everyone does it for you. Great. I'm Takes okay. Takes away your that. anxiety completely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, we don't know much about aliens. However, you do have some facts and figures on aliens, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, so there was, um, there's this marketing and opinion research firm, um, called Ipsos or Ipsos. I'm not sure. Um, but they, uh, came out with an article in 2020 that stated that a recent poll revealed that more than six in 10 Americans believe that there is life on other planets. And 57% think there is intelligent life and uh, civilizations on other planets. Um, 26% of Americans believe that if alien civilizations exist, they would be similar to human societies. Um, And almost half of Americans agree that UFOs do exist and have visited Earth while more than one-third say that humans will create permanent outer space colonies within the next 80 years. Within the next 80 years? Mm-hmm. They're already talking a, about colonizing yeah, Mars. Like a terraforming Mars. But that's our biggest problem is to terraform it because it's not quite, like, habitable. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have any water. <laughs> or, yeah. Or, well, they might have just discovered ice. Or, no, it does have ice, I think, but... There's no way, there's no like melting of it, so right. you'd either have to like bomb the caps to create water, and then also like maybe create a solar shield from the sun because it's closer to the sun, so it's like different. It's a whole thing. I've watched a whole yeah plan on it. I just feel like those are going to be for rich people only. I don't think they're yeah. going to let us spores into the right. Mars colony. They're just going to go. But honestly, if they go away. We'd probably be Less fine here. people here. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. And I'm not sure that I'd want to leave Earth. <laughs> the thing That's... is, too, is that there's not necessarily too many people on Earth. It's that there's too many rich people on Earth. That's it. Because, like, there are enough resources, theoretically, for the entire population. But those resources are hoarded and abused. And then, you know, corporations, like cause the vast majority of pollution so they're depleting resources while you know disabling the earth from producing more naturally so if we got rid of them if they went and like ravaged mars we might be okay maybe i mean and also like the fact that we i think that's like one of the biggest things which i'll get into in a minute but uh, like not I guess technically we have, like, enough for people here, but, like, we're running out of the resources that we are using, (laughs) so that's a problem. Yeah, but my point is that that's not the fault of, like, the average person. No, it's the fault of the companies that are ahead, and if they go, they can figure something else out. Um... Also, do you remember how, like, last year, the Pentagon, like, fully admitted that yeah, to, like, they've seen UFOs, that we've, like, seen and studied UFOs, mm-hmm. and everyone was just like, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it was in, like, the midst of 2022, so we're like, you know, just, <laughs> all right. 
Sure. This might like, as well happen. Of course. But I've watched those videos. It doesn't really seem like much. It's just like a black or white dot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, what does that, what does that give me? <laughs> like, what does that say? Like, so you filmed something maybe flying through the sky, but like it doesn't. Yeah, but the way it was yeah. doing it was weird. But also, I didn't know that UFO wasn't like specifically like when you think of alien like you think of you know the martian people with the big like black eyes and the green head or whatever right but alien is just something outside of us and ufo is just an identified space object right well f so flying object. flying object um but yeah i i thought ufo was like a type of ship but it's not it's just like it's anything that we don't under, that we can't identify. Yeah, just something yeah. flying through our air. Yeah. Have you ever seen a UFO? I don't think so. Okay. I've. I think I've been able to kind of explain anything that I thought was weird. Yeah. What about you? I don't think so. I. I mean, I did. I do have this distinct memory, and my oldest sister remembers it when we were young and in my apartment complex. There was some sort of aircraft that was like hovering very very close to an apartment building and it had like a I could see like the person in it flying it mm-hmm. and it was like triangle shaped and then it went away and I that's all I remember and she remembers it too and so I don't know if it was like just some army like military thing yeah it was like really close and it wasn't that big Hmm. um could it have been like a drone maybe it was in like were drones a thing when we were kids i don't know it was in like the early 2000s so i don't know what it could have been but it was a ufo i guess it was a ufo i saw an alien everyone (laughs) confirmed (laughs) there was a little green man flying it around (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he looked just like a it looked like a man with sunglasses and that was a like a like sort of like those like stealth bomber like triangle looking deals yeah that's what it looked like but it was hovering so close and I remember it being I remember it being like loud and just there and then it went away do you think it'd be interesting if aliens like deliberately only appeared to like children or people who were like inclined to be disbelieved just to kind of fuck with us. Oh, like they were mean enough to do it just like yeah. that? That's rude. I mean, I'm not saying that it's the case. I'm just saying well, I yeah, think it'd be it interesting. Would, it would be interesting. I don't know. It, nobody, I think the general populace does, I mean, like you said, Sorry. like does not believe in aliens or alien encounters. Like most of them don't care. They care. Well, actually, m- the majority of people do believe that intelligent life exists on other planets. Oh, okay. They just don't necessarily believe that we've encountered them. But almost half of Americans believe that UFOs have visited Earth. So it's not... It's it's a pretty common belief. Sure. I, I do just think, like, the... I feel like generally when someone comes out and says, like, I've been visited by an alien nobody believes that person like rarely people believe that person and think yeah like, you're think just crazy or mentally ill people are more inclined to believe that you saw a ufo than that you were like specifically visited like, by yeah. a being yeah for sure 
Um, well, scientists have spoken about aliens, and some believe that they are actually optimistic, or they state that they're optimistic about the potential outcomes of human contact with aliens, but others see extraterrestrials as a potential threat. So in 2016, according to ZMEScience.com, Stephen Hawking stated that if Earth received a signal of alien origins, we should be wary of answering back. He said that meeting an advanced civilization could be like Native Americans encountering Columbus. That didn't turn out so well, end quote. <laughs> no, it didn't. So yeah. he's looking at the aliens as like colonizers basically which but also we've at this point with the damage that we've done i don't know that we would be colonized i don't know that we'd be prime real estate anymore and then my last fact is there's not like a specific phobia that refers to a fear of aliens um but it's often linked to astrophobia which is the fear of space um and i couldn't find an exact statistic of how many people have this phobia but a lot of uh, websites say that it originates a lot of the time from like horror movies like Alien, which is one of my favorite horror franchises. I love it. Um, or, you know, did you see Gravity? Uh, it's like just, I don't know, a hundred. was Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Okay. It's just a hundred minutes of being very stressed out. It <laughs> <laughs> sounded like a good time. <laughs> I was so anxious. I was like sore afterwards because I was like tense. Like, the whole time. Crunched up. It was a really well done movie. I think I have astrophobia. I am... Space genuinely kind of terrifies me because I start to feel too existential. Yeah. And I start to think, like, way too outside of the Earth. And then I'm like, we're the only ones out here. Like, space is terrifying. There are planets that rain glass. Like, it's frightening and it's huge like i think that's what freaks me out the most bad is just how big it is yes it's like i can't i, I i'm just incapable of comprehending how big it is and then that freaks me out. it's like it's the same way that the idea of eternity freaks me out yes it's just beyond what i can even it just makes no sense yeah exactly and it's ugh, god it's so big yeah i can't like it even think about it now like we're just here on this rock that is big to us but then like you think of space and it's just eight million times bigger than that and it's just terrifying there's black holes and fire and gases and we're being held all in place just us by some burning gigantic ball of gas that one day will kill us yes will blow up and become too big and then it'll go out yeah it's freaky for sure I think I'm more afraid of, like, space in general as a concept, or outer space in general as a concept, than of aliens specifically. I think, I think so if too. we have more concrete evidence that there were aliens, I would probably be more afraid of them. Maybe so. I don't know. I don't know that I'd be afraid. Well, I think you should be afraid, <laughs> maybe a little. Um, but it would be exciting at the prospect of that we're not totally alone. Yeah, do you think it's scarier if we are or we aren't? If we are. I think it's scarier if we are. Because it's just so lonely. Yeah. And it's like... And it's also like, this is the best. Right, like, that's that's it. This is what we came up with. 
This is the best we did. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah, for sure. Um, but those are my facts and figures. They're wonderful facts and figures. Thank you. Yes, yes, thank you. I have noticed, though, that a lot of, like, conspiracy theories around aliens are basically just saying, like, oh, non-white civilizations couldn't have done that. It, like, I feel like there's a lot of racism around alien conspiracies. Like, the, the whole conspiracy that, like, the pyramids were built by aliens. Oh. Do you know what I mean? I see what you mean now. Well, like, we do know that technology existed to create a lot of like the wonders of the world or or some people think that like the fact that math existed so long ago like it was like given to us by aliens right and i'm I'm just uncomfortable with the idea that it's like oh well those civilizations couldn't possibly have come up with this right they couldn't have done it yeah because like they weren't smart enough then yeah and also the fact that like they weren't white (laughs) but like they were smart enough then and like that's how we got all that knowledge yeah is from that like anybody who's not white is our ancestors (laughs) that's just the truth yeah well even yeah modern inventions are often attributed to white people and they really weren't right like the light bulb yes there's another one that i learned about recently might have been gum but i'm not sure Uh, i love gum but yeah, I just, uh, I love the History Channel. I love all the alien shows on there. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they, they make their little, their little sketch. And while I have a lot of issues with humans, especially during this podcast, <laughs> I, do, I do think that we, we've done, humanity has done a lot of cool stuff. Despite how evil despite we are capable all the of being. Despite terrible things that we've done too. Yes. I do think... Do you think the good outweighs the bad? I don't know, actually. <laughs> I'm not sure that I know either. I, it's just... Sometimes our atrocities are really incomprehensible. And sometimes our atrocities last longer than... Our innovation. The initial, like, blow. You yeah. know what I mean? So... Yeah. It's after effects still live on even while the good things are happening. I mean, I do think humanity is on an incline... However, not steep it may be, but because, I mean, clearly you can, like, we are on an incline. Things have gotten somewhat better since, like... But it's such just, like, in a lot of respects, it's by such a small margin. I know. It's, like, what's the opposite of steep? Like, shallow, I guess? Like, a very shallow incline? It needs to be a lot better, a lot quicker. I mean, it's just so different because I think... The like historically how oppressed groups have persevered and preserved culture and innovated. That's all like really incredible. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the good always the bad for people that haven't traditionally been in power. But it's just I feel like in most instances where humans have had power, they've abused it. Oh, for sure. In, like, really awful ways. Yeah. So if we take the sum total of us as a whole, I don't know. And then it's also like, okay, well, the alien, are, are aliens going to be worse than that? Than right. what we've done to each other? Are they going to be, like, better or worse than us? Like, yeah. How, how... Maybe we're so afraid of them because we project what we know we do to each other. Right. Onto the idea of another civilization. Right, because, like, you've seen what, like, some of our civilizations have done to some of our other civilizations. Yeah. 
they could do just as bad or worse to us. But maybe human beings are capable of a unique cruelty. That's also true. We won't know until the aliens contact us. Or until we do it to another planet. <laughs> we're the inv- we're well, the we're the aliens. Right. Until we're the aliens that are Oh my gosh! I can see that happening. Yeah, that hadn't occurred to me. But if what if we get there first? What if we find them before right. they find us? Right. And like, let's say it's a, like I don't know, just a planet of small like creatures that look like a breed between like a cat and a dog, and that's it. You know, we're gonna take them and bring them back and like breed them as pets and like. Make them and experiment on them. Yes, and them. that's maybe that's why we fear what aliens will do to us because we know what we would do to them. Mm. Mm. Now that is scary. <laughs> that is really terrifying. <laughs> oh, God. all right, uh, it's a scary world out there. Hold on to the thing we want. <laughs> we've made our point. <laughs> Bye. Um, <laughs> we don't even need the report anymore. We're done. Um, anyway. Yeah. I, I believe you have a would you rather for me. I do. And I didn't type it up because <laughs> I keep forgetting to do it. But I'm going to make it up right now. Um, so would you rather be abducted and get to live in a society, like another alien society that is better than ours? Um, or would you like to be abducted and receive special information from them that could help life here. So either like Mm. you get the answers to fix things here or you just get to go live in quote unquote paradise. Right. I would uh, look, this is going to seem selfish, but I would rather live in the paradise. I'd rather be rescued by the aliens, but here's why I don't think anyone would listen to me. Okay. If I did have the answers, I'm not sure that I could do any, like, good with them, right? Yeah. So unless they included a handbook for how, you know, I I personally can, like, enact the changes that they tell me that we need to make. Because I think a lot of solutions to making things better we already have. And already have. They're just, like, yeah, the not people, aren't people listening empowered to or, do it. Yes, exactly. So. And there might be that solution in there. I don't know. It just... Yeah, I just, I'm not confident. You're not confident enough in that? Yeah. I feel like I would rather get the information and bring it back here and try my best to, like, you know, fix the world unless one of the aliens was really hot. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> then I would go. Um, you know. How, you know how the fate how it of is. the world is dependent on how whether hot the alien is, is hot or not. <laughs> um, so that brings me mm-hmm. to the great filter, and this comes from. Um, I mean, it's been widely researched, but um, I got it from a couple YouTube videos. From in a nutshell, um, I, the, it has another name. It's like Kurt Kurz just. It's, I don't know, K-U-R-Z-G-E-S-A-G-T, but it says in a nutshell. Um, Three videos, there is the Alien Life Would Be Our, Why Alien Life Would Be Our Doom, The Great Filter, and The Fermi Paradox Part 1 and Part 2. So we'd all kind of be excited to find out if there's alien life out there. I think a lot of us would be like, whoa, like aliens, amazing. Um, 
and so, like like we mentioned before, like the thought of somebody else out there in this like lonely, quiet cosmos. I think personally it would be thrilling. However, some say this could be bad news for us. Um, and that brings you to the first part of the great filter. So if you imagine our development of life as sort of like a staircase at the very bottom, we have like the initial creation and happening of life, like at the cellular DNA level. And the top stair is to where like we are now currently in our civilization. Yeah. So just now within like the past 50-ish years, we've only really just begun to explore space. And we really have, like, I mean, we've done a lot, but we haven't done much <laughs> with it. And now NASA, like, didn't they, like, disband? NASA? Yeah. No. It's still a thing. I think they just decided they were not going to space anymore. Like, a couple of years ago. We'll look Did that up later. Did you the kid who discovered a planet during, like, the first day of his internship at NASA. Wait. There was, like, a teenager who... No, I think I did. ...a planet. It's beautiful, too. Is it really? It's a really pretty planet. A lot of planets are so pretty. A lot of space pictures are so pretty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ugh. Space is pretty. I'll give it that. Yeah. However big and terrifying it may be, it is pretty. Um, Really, only in the past 50 years, it's our first attempt to, like, kind of see the... Nat- and, it, like, the natural progression of a society is to spread out and right. make more, right? So, like, you think of any other civilization, like, taking over other countries, or, like, that's kind of what we would do, like, as Earth, we would kind of navigate to see what else we could live on, like Mars. Um, and, get this, in just the Milky Way, that which is our galaxy, um, there are up to 500 billion planets they surmise that's a lot of planets ill that makes me 500 billion and 10 billion appear to be earth-like and yet we're alone (laughs) so do you think god saw what he did when he made us and was like like, "Ooh, i don't know if i want to do that again (laughs) maybe i'll wait till they're done (laughs) um that comes to the conclusion that there is something keeping life from spreading out there, or a filter. Um, and this spells out two scenarios dependent on where the position of that filter is, either behind us or in front of us. If the filter is behind us, this is way more optimistic, and it means that we are very, very lucky to have reached this position we are at currently, and our galaxy, it seems, um, that we're the only ones to have made it this far, and we don't know what made us lucky. Perhaps it's life itself, like the creation of the animal cell. Something makes us special. Okay. If the filter is in front of us. Is behind nope, us. Nope, it's behind us. Yes. So, that, so if the filter is behind us, that means that basically there were other civilizations on other planets, and it's kind of like putting everyone through a strainer and right. we're the only ones that came Who out the other popped side. out the other side somehow somehow we were more resilient mm-hmm. okay and whether that's just like our unique way of life and like our unique cells our unique whatever like no one really knows if the filter is in front of us like so many other maybe civilizations this means that many others have died earlier than us and we are one of the last ones to meet the same doom that others couldn't surpass. Woo. So uh, 
a sad hypothesis to support that theory is that when a species takes control of its planet, it's already on its way out. And this mm. could be through technology, a nuclear war, an AI that turns against us. Um, and it could be that we use up, which this seems more likely, um, we use up all the resources that we have, or we fight over the resources and kill each other over it. Um, mm. So they they say that like finding other life out there that would be smaller than us or ruins of something that was greater than us would strongly suggest that we too will meet an end someday. Um, and we kind of already know that inevitably we will when the sun explodes. Right. So if the, if the filter is behind us, then we have like it, like a responsibility sort of, if we'd like to, because life is such a beautiful thing to, try to make it happen elsewhere. If we're truly the only ones out here in our observable galaxy, then, or our observable universe, then to sustain life elsewhere, we better, like, pick up and move it elsewhere before something else happens. Um, If it's in front of us, then we will most likely just... Perish. Stop. Yeah. So, we don't know what other life out there could look like. And if there was life out there maybe it wouldn't be so bad um maybe they also made it past the great filter and this brings us to alien life and the fermi paradox um the sad thing is that if alien life is outside of our known space universe that they call our local group so like think of all of our observable universe that we know of and we already know that there's nothing else out there besides us um if there is something else out there, the space is so vast and so large that we simply just can't get to them. So, like, if you're out there, we just can't get you. That's so sad. Um, even like, if we will never find them, right? Even we if just... we had like really, really fast spaceships, it would take billions of years to cross. And even if you travel at the speed of light, it would still take a hundred thousand years just across our Milky Way galaxy, which is one of the smaller things in our observable, like, local group. This is giving me a headache. Yeah. Like, it's oh, it's freaking me out, dude. I know. Um, so let's say that there is still a species out of... Okay. Let's say that there is still a species other than us out there, and there are three categories that they could fit in. One, two, and three. Type one is what we hopefully will be someday, a species that has full sustainability of its planet and resources, and we fall somewhere, like, a quarter below that. Okay. Um, they say like 0.7 something. Um, and within the next hundred years, we could be or should be a type one. Type two would be a species that could harness the complete power of its home star, which we have not been able to do that. <laughs> um, it, like the video says, it involves like a lot of very like science fiction y like liberty, but theoretically, possible okay um type three would be a species that is so powerful that they can harness and control all the powerful within their galaxy and they would be like we would view them as like godlike beings um so basically the fermi paradox is that there are so many earth-like planets and so many places where it seems like life could be started yet there is no evidence of it Mm -hmm. and that's it seems so paradoxical of like, well, if we're here and like, we have these conditions and like, you're also in that same area of like life could start there. Where is it? 
Right. Why is it just us? Um, so there are some like reasons, like we went over the great filter, either the first to make it this far or, and like we create more life out there or we're the last and eventually there'll be nothing left <laughs> unless something cosmically wonderful happens and life starts again. So if we're like the last, then the idea is that in these other like planets that could theoretically sustain life there once was life, but it was so long ago that there's no longer any evidence. Yeah, possibly. Or just like other life out there never made it like farther to to us. Yeah. Um, Another thought is maybe we don't want to know what else is out there. Like Stephen Hawking said, um, perhaps other life forms could be way more harmful. They might be a type three society that could come to us looking to replenish their resources. Um, the way that we take trees from like a forest, it's not necessarily that we like hate the animals there and we like, you know, want to ruin their lives. It's just, we have the means to take the trees and use them for our gain. So that's how they would kind of like view us as, is like, they're just going to take our whole oceans because they need water and we're like collateral damage. Right. And they said like, you know, another alien may look at it and be like, oh, that's kind of cute. Like how they, you know, build all those buildings and you know, they kind of do all that, but oh well. You know, the same way, like, you'd look at, like, an anthill and be like... Yeah, we're so small and primitive compared to these, like, super powerful beings that it'd be e- equivalent to us, like, squashing a bug. Right. Like, we just don't care. Right. And, uh, like I said, type three is somebody who can harness the power and resources in their entire galaxy. So... That is pretty horrifying. Yeah. Um... Or three, our means of communication are just not capable of reaching out to other people like we think they should be. Um, Though we've covered, like, great ways to chat here on Earth long distance, even, like, via video, which is super cool. Um, To them, it could be, like, we're talking through Morse code and nobody uses Morse code. So, like, no one's going to pick it up. Yeah. So, basically, it comes to the fact that we still don't know whether we can do more with our technology or if we've reached its limit. That's, like, kind of what we're stuck at. Either we're done and we have nothing else to do and that's all there is, or, like, there's more potential and eventually we could figure something out. Um, so that's kind of sad and a little sobering when you think of, like, wanting other alien life to be out there and how they say, like... If you do discover more alien life out there, then it might not be as great because then that would mean that the filter is in front of us and we... We will die. Yeah. Um, and we're not as special as we once thought. Right. Um, but a lot of people still do claim to have come in contact with or see aliens. One of the most interesting that I came across was part of a film called Love and Saucers. And you can watch it on YouTube for free. Um, This story is about David Huggins. Um, He paints all of his experiences from the time that he was a little kid into his young adult life. And get this, when he was 17, he actually had sex with one. And the alien even had the opportunity to take his virginity. So uh, there's a lovely painting of them, both on the forest floor, cowgirl style. She's on top. Um, He even has a multitude of babies with her that they keep on the spaceship. And it's a whole, like, wild ride. Um, 
Even at one point, he asked if he could stay with them, and so did his alien girlfriend, but the aliens in charge were like, no, you gotta go back. But David says that he would have liked to stay, and he wouldn't miss the climate change or the war. And he's, like, such an earnest guy that you really know he does believe what happened to him. And I almost kind of do, like, believe in myself. <laughs> oh my um, but maybe he has just, you know, some kind of other mental illness, like schizophrenia. Um, but what's interesting is that, like, he only started remembering these encounters, like, from his past later in his adult life. Like, right. they just hit him one day while he was, like, married and, like, living a normal life. And he just started painting them and being like, oh, my gosh, like, I remember all this. And his wife is like, you're crazy and I'm leaving you. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. So if there really are aliens out there and someday they might be able to receive a message, let me ask you, like, what do you think you would like to say? Or, like, what would you like to show them? Hmm. I don't know because you don't know if they're, like, benevolent or not. I'd like to ask for help mm. for us, but then it's all in in that you would reveal our weakness, like our relative weakness, and they could exploit that and come crush us like, like little ants. That's true. I don't know that I would. I wouldn't. I would be like, if I'm the person that needs to send this message, we're just never going to talk to them because too much, <laughs> just not it's too much it. pressure. <laughs> well, good thing that that was already taken out of your hands. Great, I love that. Um, about 50 years ago, NASA sent a message to aliens, and I got this from um, a YouTube video from Business Insider. On September 5th, 1977, NASA launched Voyager 1, and five years ago, um, in 2016-ish, it was reported to have made it already 12 billion miles away from us. Um, on it is a beautiful golden record, and there is a collection of images and sounds from Earth, 55 different language greetings, animal sounds, babies laughing, um, the sounds of, like, a mother and a baby, um, fire crackling, water splashing, um, they even put instructions on the cover, however, they can't just make it in English, right? Because, like, aliens aren't going to know English, so uh, they made this not very complex code, um, that they figured any other advanced species could decode and includes the hydrogen atoms, um, uh, which is the base for most living things, and it's used to provide a measurement, and then that is used to show the binary code and the speed that you would need to get the record to play, um, and then some illustrations of a record needle and a record player and like how you might get that to work, and then it shows a code on how to access the pictures from those sounds, and it includes pictures of like the ocean and lighthouses and people and all things like that. So nobody's heard anything back yet <laughs> from it. Um, but yeah, that's that's my story on aliens. That's wild. It's a lot. It is a lot. I didn't expect to get that big with it, but yeah. I did. I thought I was just going to talk about David and his sexual encounter with <laughs> the aliens. Uh, David was such a small part of the story. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's just, and I, I mean, so we'll talk more about this in my story. But false memories are like a thing, um, and it, the way that we cope with traumatic experiences can manifest in in us remembering them in different ways. Yeah. So I think that's always a possible explanation for people who believe that they've had contact with aliens not that i'm saying that every single person like not that i'm saying that it's impossible i think it's unlikely that right. someone has but i have like a false 
memory, I guess. Like, I... And this is... I th- probably just, you know, I'm a very, like, vivid dreamer. So, like, I guess as a kid, I must have had this dream. But I remember it, even still, like, it was a very real experience. And even though now it feels more dreamlike, but, like, when I was younger, and I'm like, Mom, didn't this happen? And she's like, no. Why would that happen? Like, that did not happen. Um, but we used to go to, like, a lot of doctors, a lot of places, like, either, you know, for my mom, because she had, like, some medical issues, or my sisters, or even me, um, even though we were poor somehow, we (laughs) were in a lot of doctor's offices, um, but I remember on this floor that I found, I was either with my mom or my dad, I was in this room, and you know, like, bubble gum machines, right, you put the quarter in, you turn it, you get a gumball, well, you know how sometimes there's, like, standalone ones, just, like, there's just that thing in there, just that candy dispenser. That's it. Yeah. Um, there was this room inside this hospital that I remember, and it had like a floor that was sort of like a foamy, um, either like one of those foam playmat floors that are like interlocking puzzle pieces, or it was sort of like that 90s looking um, or like 80s looking bowling alley carpet and like different yeah. squares. I'm kind of fuzzy on that. I feel like it was more the carpet, but it this room seemed to be like the size of a nice conference hall. And in each like square of carpet, there was one like bubblegum machine and it like went through the whole room. That's fucked. <laughs> and that's all I remember. Like I remember even like asking for a quarter to like do one and nobody else remembers that room. <laughs> Obviously. Maybe um, that was you kind of like going to another dimension briefly. I <laughs> guess. Maybe that was like a glitch in your matrix. Because I remember it so vividly. Yeah. Like I was in that room. But, but like, and it feels so real. Yeah. And so I think but that was I? No. But also I think even more terrifying than that is just the idea that people have these false memories that feel really authentic is like this concept of what if like God's are real but they're just the this alien civilization that is like so much bigger and more powerful than us and so people who have these this like connection to like a god it's it it's authentic but it's an alien who's just like kind of like bigger and more powerful than we can comprehend that's creepy that is creepy but it makes Yeah, that's wild, dude. Good, good job. I have a would you rather for you. I'm excited for it. Okay, so my would you rather is, would you rather have a family that you live with? (laughs) Done. (laughs) No, I'd rather be an orphan. Would you rather have a family that you live with who is not cruel to you and meets all your basic needs, right? But is not, like, does not love you. Oh. But they're not, like, mean, but they just, like, there's, they don't meet any, like, emotional They're just, like, needs. a roommate. Kind of. cooks for you and pays your bills. Yeah. Like, you have food, shelter, like an emotionally clothing. distant nanny. Yes. Or have a family who loves you very much and is always looking out for you, but lives very far away. Oh. I guess I'd rather that. I'd rather And you only see love... them, like, once a month. I guess I'd still rather that. Yeah. 
I'd rather them love me. I'd rather have love from a family that I never get to see than not to have it at all. But, yeah, that's fair. You're like, but, but I want you to choose the other one. No, I don't actually. I, I don't know why I even like objected because I genuinely don't care which one you choose. <laughs> which one would you choose? I don't know. Because the thing is, is like, if I'm kind of fending, if I'm a kid in this scenario and I'm like kind of fending for myself, but then I do have like, and I have a family who loves me and will make sure like I don't die. But then like my day to day needs like clothing and like shelter and stuff are kind of on me. But they love me and will make sure that I don't die. I might pick the per- the one that's like distant, but will meet all of my basic needs for like f- food and shelter. Yeah. So you're sa- but you're saying in the other scenario that your needs like aren't met. Yeah. Like you won't die. But they they only provide emotional support, and then they like make sure that you don't die. So if you were like going to starve, like they would figure out a way to get to you and give you food. But like, it'd be on you day to day to figure out how to like clothe yourself and eat. And... I mean, you're like ten. They both suck. Yeah. But if I'm a kid, then I guess I'd rather. Just my emo- I guess if I'm a kid and I'm young, I'd rather my emotional needs not be met and just have somebody to like take care of me and just have a sad story and learn to love later. <laughs> but I guess the whole like romantic humanity idea kind of stuck out to me first of like I'd rather have love than nothing. Right. Would I? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe you would rather have a sandwich. Maybe I'd rather have a sandwich <laughs> and clothes. And clothes. Um, okay. So I am going to tell you about the anomalous mind management abductee contact that's a title right organization there. or a mash a m m a c h oh okay but it's pronounced like did mash. you ever play mash yeah i played mash all the time did you ever get what you wanted yeah because you, eventually you figure out like where to put things to, to oh get no, i just kept playing till i got what i wanted just like do over yeah i also would always just like pick Three things that I'd be cool with. Sometimes I would, most of the time, I would get like everything I wanted, but I lived in a shack. I got that a lot, yeah. Yeah. Because that's the one that you can't pick the three things. Right. Like, or the it's four just, things. Like, I would get like the perfect husband, the perfect car, like the perfect job, but I live in a shack. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that wouldn't happen. That's me right now. I have the perfect husband and the perfect right. car. Right. The perfect but job, but I live in a shack. She lives in a shack. Um, Okay, so it um, is a program. I'm not sure if it's still in existence because I couldn't find like a website for it. And like, so the most recent stuff I could find about it was from like 2013-ish. So my sources were the uh, 2013 Channel 4 documentary called Confessions of an Alien Abductee. And a 2013 article in The Guardian by Chris French. So, AMASH is um, for, it stands for Anomalous Mind Management Abductee Contact. They ran the only helpline in the UK for people who had been abducted by aliens. (laughs) I can't imagine that that's the only one. (laughs) Um, They operated outside of Heath, like in an area just outside of Heathrow Airport. It was run and self-funded by two colleagues, ex-broadcast technician Miles Johnson and trained therapist Joanne Summerscales. 
Summer scales. I know it sounds fake, but yeah. it's like a Joanne term. summer scales. <laughs> sounds like a fake dragon. Fake what? Dragon. Oh, I thought you said dragon. Scales because of the word scales. I wasn't connecting. Um, they also offer counseling sessions to those who have experienced with a experienced those who have experiences with aliens. But they post these sessions online to raise awareness. Oh. I'm not sure how comfortable I feel with it. Well, maybe they ask. I'm sure they ask. Yeah. Right? They. It's the only helpline for people with alien abductions. I think they're going to ask. So, Miles Johnson, one of the founders, he says that he, do, he claims that he doesn't believe in anything, even religion. And that the point of a mash is to, like, look for information, gather, like, the stories of these people, provide support, and, like, also, like, search for, like, objective or provable evidence. Jesus Christ, I cannot think of that word. Um, that aliens exist. But he okay. says, like, he doesn't necessarily, like, believe in it, but I... He, he doesn't believe in anything, he says. Yeah, but he totally does. Okay. Um, Amash also organizes yearly conferences for their support group members. Attendees say that the conferences help them find validation, um, like, help and friendship. Many of the abductees that attend the conferences also believe that, like, not only have they had contact with aliens, but that they've been implanted with foreign objects by aliens. Oh, and inseminate me with a probe. <laughs> um, in the documentary, there's, like, kind of, like, three, like, case studies of people who are in contact with um, Amash. Amash? Amash. Amash. <laughs> um, so... The first one is Simon Parks. So he was 53 years old in 2013 at the time of the documentary. Um, he worked as a Labor Party counselor in Northeast England and uh, also as a driving instructor. So he, despite being a public figure, had been very open about his experiences with aliens. And he actually says that there are many politicians who have had similar experiences but choose not to share. He claims he was first abducted as a baby in 1960 and that his first ever memory is of being lifted out of his cot by an extraterrestrial and being told you will never be hurt you will never be harmed i just want to put out there that babies you can't remember some people say that like they do remember being a baby like some people say they remember being born i don't think so <laughs> i don't remember like most of my life i'm the the like, scientific rule of thumb is that you don't really remember things before the age of four. I know, but there are many people who who genuinely think that they... That's crazy. Yeah, that they remember things. But hey, you know what? It. Like, one of my... Uh, one of my co-workers at, at, an, at an old job that I had, like, thoroughly believed that her first memory was from her first birthday party. And she, like, like told me a bunch of details about it and said that, like... She had asked her mom if that was. I mean, happened. I guess it's not impossible, really. I'm, I just think it doesn't happen often, then. Yeah. You know, who am I to say? Who's to say? Um, but Simon says. Huh. <laughs> what does he say? <laughs> he says that he understands people who would think that he's insane. I don't know how to do that motion. <laughs> but he thinks if they spend time with him, they would know that he's not. Okay. 
we will see. So he says that he doesn't mind being abducted. Um, he's been abducted many times, and we'll okay. kind of get into that. Um, he says it feels like a vacuum sucking at like the middle of your chest really hard, and then next thing you know, you're in another room, and it's usually really quick. Okay. So not mad. Yeah. So he uh, he does say like that he has um, a witness who corroborates that he's been abducted, who was w- abducted with him. Uh, it's a friend, and one day they were uh, driving together, and they were both physically lifted out of the car, and they kind of like lost time. They like both remember being like sucked out of the car, basically, and then the next thing they knew, they were back in the moving car. Like they came to, and the car was like they were like drive driving the car again. <laughs> Um, and the friend said that she was willing to talk to, like, the... Or he said his friend was, like, probably willing to talk to the documentary makers, but wouldn't want to be filmed. So we never hear her perspective. Okay. So so you might wonder, what what happens to Simon when yeah, he's up there? Yeah, when, when he's up there. Well, luckily he has an album of drawings. A lot of these people have drawings. Yes, um... If only they could get a photograph. I know. I was just like thinking about how they're like, I was like, would I believe it though? If someone said they had a, no. yeah, I don't think I because would. Because it's so easy to like to Photoshop and like special effects, like even a video. Yeah. We'd be like, you can't really? trust anything anymore. No, even with video evidence, you can't. Yeah. Wild. Okay. So, but he has an album of drawings of the alien family that he visits when he is abducted. Okay. His family. So he says that he has an alien mother. He calls her mum. He said she adopted him and that he sees her one to two times a month. Um, he says that when he visits her, she, uh, she'll hold his hand. He'll say, I'm ready. And then through technology that he does not understand, he'll be beamed up into an alien spacecraft. And her portrait looks like a stereotypical alien. Like it's she's like green, like Crayola green, green. Um, she has a triangular head, large eyes, exaggerated limbs, stereotypical alien. Um, he believes that mum monitors him very closely and he thinks that, um, she and other aliens have actually intervened in his life to like prevent him from being hurt before. Um, he That's thinks- very nice of them. I know. He thinks of them as his guardian angels and he says that he thinks he'd probably be dead without their protection. Um, he says that his alien mom gave him emotional support while his earth mom met his physical needs. Okay. Um, he says he also has sexual relations with an alien being. Mm. He calls her the cat queen. Um, so her, her portrait and his drawing looks like this, like, humanish type figure with cat ears and really steeply slanted eyes and a large nose. Uh, she also looks like she's wearing a cape. I don't know. She loves a cape. Oh, the just to point out, in my um, story, the guy who had sex with the alien in my story, um, she has like a human-ish body, but her face is very like stereotypical, like grayish with that like... Uh, pointy chin that goes into like a very oval like egg type yeah. top of the head and then with like the big black eyes yeah and she has just like normal hair oh. she's very comical looking um, yeah 
But yeah, go ahead. I feel, I mean, look, honestly, like drawings, let's just say that these are real, right? Drawings would not do it justice, right? You know? And I hope they don't look like that. She, yeah, so she looks like she was wearing a cape. He says he doesn't remember all of their sexual encounters, but estimates that they have sex about four times a year. Great. Um, he claims... Once a season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he claims that they have an alien child named Zarka. Um, he says that his sexual relationship with the cat queen has caused problems in his marriage to his earth wife, mm-hmm. which I would be pissed, right? Right. Um, Especially if it didn't start out open, you know. Oh, it didn't. Yeah. She's not down. No. She's not on board with this. Um, And his wife declined to be interviewed for the documentary. But he says that his wife is, you know, pretty unhappy with his extracurricular sex life. Uh, But he doesn't see it as wrong because what happens between him and the cat queen does not occur on a human level. Which, how could it? She's a cat. (laughs) Well, Uh, I feel like that's a very man- and he's like, well, it's not cheating. She's an alien. It doesn't even happen on the planet. Right? You know? <laughs> so, like, can you really be mad at me? If it doesn't happen on Earth. Like, I, and it's like, you know, if I get What happens in space stays in space. Yeah. Um, he, and then, like, they talk to him about, like, you know, you understand a lot of people would think you're, like, making this up. And he says, basically, if if he were to make something up, it would be, like, way less dark, <laughs> way more fun, and far more grounded. Which, like... Okay. That's actually, like, a pretty that's good reasonable. argument. It's yeah. like, why would I make up something that makes me sound like bananas? Right. Um, makes my wife mad at me. Probably, I would be, like, a little pissed if I was his mom. And, like, if I... If, like, he grew up with a mom who, like, yeah. really tried his best and felt like, her best and felt like she loved him. And he's like, my, <laughs> my alien mummy loves me more. Yeah, you just give me, like, what I need physically, but she actually loves me. I'd be, like, pretty I'd pissed. be devastated. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is Simon. Okay. Okay. So the next, uh, like kind of case study that we have in the documentary is Chantal. She's my favorite. She's a 49 year old housewife at the time of the documentary. But I don't actually, we never see her husband and I'm not confident that she has one. I think more like a house, like mom. She takes care of her son. Okay. Who's like, I think maybe like early twenties. Um, she's fabulous. Okay. Like she has like the highest blonde hair you've ever seen. Is it like a beehive? Kind of, yeah. She wears like this, like, like these skin tight clothes, like tons of makeup. It's like she's kind of fabulous. To she's me. like sort of iconic. Yeah, she's always like smoking a cigarette. She's hilarious. <laughs> like, I I kind of adore her. Um, so she's referred to as the most abducted person in Britain. I believe she's been abducted over a thousand times oh my God. between 1964 and 2013. Um, she says that one of her most vivid abductions took place outside a local store with her son, Dominic. Uh, she says that a triangular aircraft with multicolored lights beneath it appeared. Um, and someone she was with like noticed it and pointed up at it. And she looked at it and she said she knew immediately. It was the aliens again. And she said, get ready. We're about to be taken. And the next thing <laughs> her and her son know is they're back at home with, like, with her holding the key like in the door. Wow. Okay. And they like both came to like <clears throat> having no recollection of actually walking back home from the shop that they were at. No recollection of putting the key in the door. Right. Weird. That's a little weird. That's pretty weird. And that is like a shared experience. 
Right, especially someone else being like, and I see that too. And he's actually in the documentary, so like he does corroborate it, and like he also does say like that it happened. See, if there's more than one person, it's a little weird. It's a little it's a little sus. Um, and like they ask her like. Was this on the news? And she's like, I don't know. She's like, I mean, I would imagine that it had to be because there were people that saw it, but um, maybe they forgot too. She was like, a lot of times you don't really remember. But she and her son both had that's a big shared experience. experience of like, I I know I was taken, but I didn't remember till later. Yeah, a lot of people talk about that, or like they, it's very hazy. Yeah, and they just kind of like lose time. Um. Okay, so both Chantal and her son believe that aliens frequently visit their home. Uh, she says that they're the type that experts refer to as greys, which are like kind of like they look like stereotypical aliens, but they're gray instead of like the classic green. Right. Um, she says that when they come to take her, they wear all black and like an outfit that kind of resembles a suit, which like also harkens to the whole like men in black thing, which... We'll have to talk about them in an episode, but there's like a, there's like a lot of lore behind, so the Men in Black, you know, the movie. Yeah. Um, but that's like based on like an actual lore. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There's like been many like Men in Black sightings. And sometimes people say that they look kind of alien-ish, but basically the, the common thing is that it's like men in black suits and people say like they show up after someone is like abducted and like kind of like in the movie, like either like wipes the memory or like tries to suppress it. And some people think that they're like government agents and some people think that they are actually aliens. Huh. It's like a whole thing. I didn't know that was a whole thing. Yeah, it's I really know interesting. I know that's I dress in all black. <laughs> and I'm a man. But that's all I know. Are you wiping people's memories of alien abductions? I'll never tell. <laughs> um, okay. And then she says that the greys like kind of like to mess with her. So, like, in days leading up to the abduction, they'll, like, move things around her house. Like, kind of think, like, a poltergeist. Like, you'll set something right. down and you'll turn around and it'll be, like, gone. And she says they've, they've like, hidden her cigarettes, like, behind pillows on her couch or, like... They're really against smoking. <laughs> she also thinks that there's, like, maybe some correlation between, like, her eating takeaway chicken. She loves KFC and she says, like, a lot of times she gets abducted, like, after she eats chicken. <laughs> the KFC was so good. The aliens had to have a taste. Like what? Okay. I don't know, but then she's like, but she's kind of she's really funny because it's like she has like a sense of how ridiculous this sounds. Like as she's being interviewed, and she's like, but sometimes it has nothing to do with chicken, so I don't really know. I love that. That seems much more honest. Yeah, I she's by I just love her. She's great. Uh, she's an icon. So uh, unfortunately, she has like kind of developed this like fear of being abducted. Which like if you were abducted a thousand times, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And she says that like you know it happens so frequently that it makes it hard for her to like kind of live her day to day life. It the fact that she never knows it, there's no like real pattern. Maybe the chicken thing, but there's no like real <laughs> yeah. pattern to like when it happens. And so like sometimes it makes her like afraid to leave her house. But they'll abduct her from her home too. So she kind of lives in like this like constant state of anxiety. And uh, she said like she, sometimes when she leaves her house, she'll, she'll start to just like shake and like panic. And uh, she says that the, the aliens will sometimes observe her when she leaves her house. Like she'll see, like she'll like notice aircraft in the sky. Um, and she doesn't know, like, if they're, like, looking out for her, like, if it's protective, like, the way that, like, Simon thinks it is, 
or if it's like something more sinister. She doesn't really that would know. Be scary. Yeah, she doesn't really know what her relationship to them is because she doesn't a lot of like she doesn't really remember like what happens when she's there, but she remembers like being taken and, and coming back, which is freaky as shit. Yeah. Like she seems to really believe this. So like regardless of whether or not it's happening, like imagine if that were happening, like and you only remember like being taken and leaving but then and coming back and you don't then sometimes you see them there and you're like what do you want yeah um what do you want (laughs) her son um explains that chantal's anxiety like exhausts her because it's just you can't operate at that high level of anxiety all the time and um so she reaches out to chantal she thinks like uh, she she's kind of ready for this to stop. So she reaches out to Amash and to uh, Miles Johnson, who was the ex broadcast technician, who was a co founder. And um, she's like, "Hey, I I need help because I I don't want this to happen anymore." Um, so he is like, "I've got just the thing for you, Chantal," and he mails it to her, and it's literally a crystal that's like uh, about like three inches high. Um, and it's tied to a battery pack with like some wires. Okay. And he, and he tells her like, this will stop anything that she should sleep with it under her pillow and it will stop anything that intends to cause her harm. And she literally like pulls it out of the package and she looks at it and she just starts cracking up and she goes, this looks like a mini vibrator because <laughs> it's like kind of phallic. <laughs> and I she's like her. she's like this isn't gonna do shit <laughs> right um <clears throat> and she's like pretty sad like she feels like kind of sad that it's not gonna she doesn't think it's gonna help right and she's like you actually can't help me and i like thought you could and they ask her like the documentary crew asks her like they kind of challenge her and she, they're like i don't really think you want it to stop and she's like she says a part of me doesn't want it to stop because she, she's like, I think I would miss them. Hmm. And they say, like, would you prefer to live in your world or their world? And she says their world. And it seems like she doesn't even know that much about their world. I know. That's like, that's the kind of shocking one to me is like, you don't even, you said to yourself, like, you really don't really know much about them. So like, so I don't know if maybe their experiences that she didn't share in the documentary. Maybe. Um, or if, like, maybe her world is just, like, not... Great. So she's yeah. like, anything's got to be better than this. And they ask her what she would miss about her, like, our world if she moved to the alien world. And she said the only thing she would miss was her son, cigarettes, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and television. <laughs> that's not much. <laughs> and she, that's what she said. She's like, honestly, like, and really out of all of those things would be my son right um sounds very southern of her i know (laughs) i got it like i just i love her an icon so that's chantal okay we have one more case study and that's marie so she lives in kensington and works as a freelance accountant um she believes that she's been abducted hundreds of times since the early 60s she says that spacecraft often come and take her from from her apartment like suck her out the window (laughs) is like kind of what she describes um she also like firmly believes that she has alien implants in her body and okay it kind of looks like she does does it really (laughs) 
like she like rolls up her sleeve and she has like this weird like um it's probably like a third of an inch thing okay like square like just like a raised little bit and she can like kind of move it around a little bit like under her arm ew she also has what to me looks like kind of like a keloid. It's kind of like a raised like scar, which like independent of the weird thing in her arm, you might not think about. But like in combination with that, you're like, I don't like, know. Eh. She doesn't like she doesn't know like why she would have um, like a scar there. Yeah, my guy said he got tagged too. Yeah, like he like they like put it up his nose. And he was like, ow, it hurts. And she was like, oh, it does. And then she like touched his nose and the pain went away. And he was like, so kind of like we tag whales. Like, I guess they tag us. That's what they were saying. Is like, apparently a lot of people think that how we track animals is what aliens do to us. See, and there's so many like similarities between these stories of like seemingly unconnected people. Yeah. That you're like. Maybe. It's really weird because like, it's a very like. If it is a shared delusion, it's shared by a lot of people a, across a lot of Yes, like, a very hugely shared. And, like, I guess, like, sure, popular culture is, like, the spreader, but I don't know. Some of, some of it's very, like, these details that I'm, like, it's all shared between these people who aren't connected. Whatever. It makes I you just think. said the same thing. It makes you think. Makes you think. So the other thing is, like, she shows us, like, this really, like, up-close picture of her eyeball. And oh it looks like there's, like, a thin, like, triangular, like, metallic thing in her eyeball. What? Oh, sorry, that's very loud. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, um, so she, you know, has, like, the other two, she's reached out to Amash for support, and she also decides to visit a doctor, because she's like, we're gonna get some answers. Okay. So she goes to visit an actual, like, physician, not, like, an alien expert guy like a like a doc just like a normal doc and he says that he's pretty sure she has uh neurofibromatosis which is a genetic disorder of the nervous system and i guess it like affects how your nerve cells form so it can cause like like tumors to grow on your nerves and like because it affects the way your cells form i'm i'm guessing based on my limited knowledge that it can cause like the kind of like weird like clumps that she has yeah doesn't explain the eye one though <laughs> i don't know I, I don't even think he looked at that i don't know if she got i she may have not have that a one picture, then we see a picture a picture of the eye and then we like never address it again um and then she had like a and he says that the thing on her leg is a scar but he basically like the thing the little like weird thing on her arm that it does it looks like what you a would tracker. imagine a, a microchip yeah. to look like under someone's skin. <laughs> and he's like, he says it's basically uh, the result of neurofibromatosis. Um, and he's like, yeah, these are real. Like, you're not, like, I can see them. You're not imagining them, but it's explainable by medicine. And if you want to know more, you can get an MRI. Um, and then she, like, later, like, sought the removal of the, like, mass in her arm. And he emailed her back saying, like, you know, on further reflection, I don't actually think you need an MRI. I don't think you need to have it taken out. Let me know if anything changes. Did the aliens make him say that? That's what she thinks. Or she thinks, like, the government. She thinks it's, like, part of... Uh, she thinks it's, like, a deliberate roadblock in, like, her search of the truth. And she says, basically, like, this, this happens a lot. 
So it's like, is it people refusing to treat someone who they don't believe is like in the proper mental capacity to make decisions that are best for their own treatment? Or is it people who don't want the truth to be exposed? I mean. Um, so then she goes to Miles Johnson, our friend at Amash. And because he's an ex-broadcast uh, technician, he has like a lot of like technology tools um and he has this tool that detects magnetic spikes like spikes in like magnetic feel and he like puts it all around her head and says that in one like really specific spot there's like this like kind of big magnetic spike in this one like tiny little spot in her head and then he checks for radio transmitters in her body and like in that in a similar area there's like a weird like frequency um, and then he uses a UV light to check her skin for alien residue. Uh, Not the alien residue. Which, like, he says, yeah, there's, like, special UV lights that can detect, like, and if a, if an alien comes in physical contact with you, it'll leave residue, and there, he has a special UV light that can see it. Okay. Um, and he finds, like, a slight glow on her arm. So, she may have just been dirty that day. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, is it just a normal UV light? <laughs> Right. I mean, if it's a nor, it come on. And there's like dust on her or something, or like right. Anyway, um, he says that he believes like this is like indisputable proof that there is like something going on, um, and he like implies that it is aliens, like that it's orchestrated by aliens, but we don't know like why or what exactly. Um. So she also believes Marie also believes that she um that her DNA has been tampered with by the aliens and that she is now, like, part alien. Okay. And the thing is, too, is, like, she's, like, a very, like, composed, like, smart lady. She's She, like, clearly makes a, a good living as an accountant. She has, like, pretty, like, big clients. But then she has, like, this whole, like, life that's, like, dedicated to finding out, like, what these aliens have done to her. <laughs> um, Sometimes your accountant is more than an accountant. <laughs> They're also an alien. <laughs> um, so she goes to a DNA specialist and asks them to like take like take a DNA swab and analyze it for any anomalies. So while she's waiting for those results, she re- goes back to Miles, um, and he's asked her to like take a polygraph in hopes of gathering like em- empirical data that proves the existence of aliens. Um, so they have like a guy from like the national. I don't remember the name, but it's basically the national, like, organization of, like, polygraph test administrators. Sure. So he's, like, he's, like, a legit polygraph guy. Okay. And uh, he asks her questions like, have you ever fabricated evidence of an alien abduction? Have you lied about being abducted by aliens? Like, any, the normal stuff that you would ask. She fails with flying colors. Like, she fails the polygraph hard. And he's and he like tells her like how do you think you did and she's like I mean I I told the truth so I'm sure I passed and he's like yeah well you you failed you failed from the very first question that was relevant which was like have you ever fabricated evidence of an alien abduction and she said no but she was lying she, yeah she they the polygraph showed that she was lying hmm but she was like super pissed off and she was like I'm not lying like she's like adamant that she was not lying. The aliens fuck with the polygraph. And then she gets her DNA test back after that. And 
shockingly, it shows no abnormalities. I mean, I didn't know what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay, so, so, hmm, this is really sad, just, like, to preface it. So, I'm pretty sure this is a reason why she, it's so important to her. Now, she has believed in alien abduction and that it's been happening to her long before this happened. But a few months prior to the filming of the documentary, and a little bit of a trigger warning here, um, but Marie's daughter died by suicide. Mm -hmm. Her, like, young adult daughter. And Marie believes that these aliens, these light beings, um, which are different from, like, the greys, they're, like, just, they're what they sound like, beings of light, actually abducted Marie's uh, daughter's non-physical body just before her death and she firmly believes that the light beings are like family and that she'll be reunited with her daughter again That's sad. and she says it'll be like seeing someone who's been away on a long vacation which is so sad and I think it's one reason why it's like this is so important to her and why she wants to believe like so much and also, like, I guess, like, it could have happened. Like, I, I'm not 100,000% sure that there's right, no I guess way. it could have, but, like, it does seem very, like, But grief. also, she said that her daughter had experiences with aliens, and she thinks that it... She implies that she thinks that, like, an encounter with the aliens caused her daughter to die by suicide. Like, mm. after a bad encounter. And again, it's, like, it's kind of how, you, like, you look at religion. It's, like, is this just one of the narratives that we come up with to, to cope with our mortality and things that we don't understand or don't want to understand i think there's a good chance of that but also like they both both she and her daughter did believe that this was happening to them prior to her daughter's death so it's not like this all came from that yeah but it is um what i would imagine to be a comforting explanation i would think so i mean i would Love to believe anybody that like parted with me would I'd be reunited with them someday. Yeah, for sure. And it's like it's the same thing that like religion, a lot of religions teach us is like you know, you'll see people. Again, yeah. Uh, because of heaven or whatever. So it's not so that belief to me is like the least crazy, right? Yeah. Or the least unlikely. When I say crazy, I don't mean in like a pejorative way. <laughs> uh, she just means like wild. Yeah. Um. I know, like, just to be clear. Um, anyway, so uh, this documentary, so that it kind of, like, ends there. Like, it shows us these three case studies. It talks about, like, you know, it kind of ends with the, like, is it real? Like, sensational stuff. Um, and uh, there was, like, a, a fair amount of criticism for the documentary. So in his article for The Guardian, uh, psychology professor Chris French, he accused the documentary of exploiting the subjects and also like kind of tangentially accused Amash of doing so. Um, he said that the documentary had a really condescending tone and after watching it, like it does, like there's a part where Chantal, I told you how like she gets so nervous to leave her house and she's like shaking and talking and like it, she's like walking um, outside of her house to like go to a shop or something. She's like shaking and the narration is like, but Chantal did make it home that day. Like it's like, it is, like, pretty condescending. Um, and it seems to, like, I kind of be poking fun at these people, which, like, yes, 
some of these beliefs are a little laughable, right? But it's clear that, especially I feel like with Chantal and Marie, they really strongly believe it. So like, regardless of whether or not it's true, like these people still are in need of like support and deserve that. They're still people. And they're still people. And so like, it's like, it feels icky to like, make fun of them. Yeah, especially in a documentary about them. Yeah. I, I kind of, like, feel like we can make fun of Simon a little bit, because he's, like, good. Like, he's happy with everything. He doesn't even mind, like, cheating on his wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel, like, less if- iffy about that. Um, but, yeah. Um, he also, like, says that uh, he points out that there's a lack of, like, a skeptical viewpoint in the documentary, and that it kind of seems like the doc itself is pretty biased. Um like, it doesn't present anyone, any aside from the one doctor and, like, the DNA specialist, um, it doesn't really present anyone who, like, refutes these claims, uh, despite, like, kind of mocking them. It's, like, there's no actual, like, opposition whose viewpoint is presented, so it is, like, pretty biased um, for that reason. And even then, like, the, the doctor and, like, the DNA specialist, like, they don't talk, like, speak on whether or not they believe in aliens or anything like that. And then he says, yeah, like, basically this documentary is trash. He says it's, like, one of the worst documentaries he's ever seen. But I do think it's still, like, interesting because it it was interesting to hear these, like, firsthand accounts. And I think what is, like, especially interesting is these, like, com- the commonalities of, like, all three of these people, like, claim that they ha- had, like, shared experiences. Like, um, Marie says that her daughter experienced the same thing. Chantal says that her son experienced the same thing and that they had an experience together. And then... Simon said that, like, he and a friend experienced that together. Um, And so, like, at least, like, all of these people had enough, like, at least one other person that they say, like, backs them up. Right. Um, Which is, like, interesting to me. And then also, uh, they all saw beings and aircraft that were not human or, like, from us. Um, And they all experienced, like, losing time. Like, that was another, like, common thing of, like time passing in a weird way or like kind of basically like blacking out and then like coming to and not knowing what happened. So I think that's interesting that like all of them had like those similar experiences and that those aren't really common experiences among a lot of people who think they've been abducted. But the thing is like I lose time (laughs) like myself like especially having PTSD it's a pretty common symptom because uh like dissociation is really common with PTSD. So like there will be times where I will sit down on my couch and I will think 10 minutes have passed and it's been like three hours. Oh my gosh. Um, And it's not super common with me, but like I do understand that experience and it does feel kind of otherworldly because like (laughs) your perception of time to be that skewed, like it does, it's really strange. So I can see how people might attribute that to like, yeah the only like loss of time thing that i kind of can relate to that is like when you're very very tired and you're like like i used to work at a donut shop and i had to drive to work at like four in the morning to make it there at five and i'd be so tired that like when i would get there and i'd get to work i'd be like i don't even remember getting here like I barely remember getting in my car like and it's not like I was just like driving the whole time like without anything going on but it was like each second like you're there but it's being like rewritten like <laughs> just until you arrive and then you're like 
how did I even get here? Yeah, I'm like, I guess I got my car, but like. And then the thing, the whole thing too is like so many alien abductions supposedly happen at night. So then it's like, are people dreaming? Is it sleep paralysis? Isn't it an experience like that where they're like super tired and then like, you know, I've definitely yeah. like hallucinated because I've been so tired. I have too. Do you remember me telling you that one time that I was, I it was dangerous, right? I'm driving. I was on like two hours of sleep. I'd been awake for like 24 hours at that point. I had caffeine and I was driving home. And I saw what appeared to be, like, metal-like balls with all kinds of spines all over them. They looked like sea mines with, like, longer spines. And they were just rolling across the highway. (laughs) And I said verbally, what? (laughs) And then they went away. And I was like, huh? Yeah, you can. And then I drove past my house. You can, like, get so exhausted that you legitimately hallucinate. Um, But, like, it is weird that it's, like, such a common hallucination. I don't know, man. It's, like, I personally think that most of these people are mentally ill, right? Yes. And I say that as someone who is mentally ill. And I do, too. Yeah, I'm not saying it in, like, a derogatory way. I, I think... And I, and I think, like, we look for ways to explain the unexplainable. And aliens could account for a lot of things, theoretically. Um, but I, I, my issue with Amash is I don't think that organizations that, one, like, post therapy sessions in which people divulge trauma online, he's like... There are times where I've been so vulnerable that if a therapist, a person in position of authority over me, like, asked me if they could show my session to someone, I would probably be like, I mean, if you think it's for the best, you know what I mean? So I I think that organizations that do that um, and that also, like, take people's money for, like, conventions like they do, I think I really question the intention. Yeah. Like, is it really to help people? I hope. Yeah. But I just think, I think there's... I think the fact that it's run by, like, a dude who, like, doesn't even really believe it is But then he says he doesn't, but then he seems so determined to prove it. Like, he's like, oh, I found, like, a little spot of UV, like... I mean, I get that, like... A lot of of people who don't believe in things will be some of the ones who, like, will go for it the hardest, like, just to see. Yeah. I don't know. To me, it like rings of like like uh, how ghost hunters are with ghosts, with ghosts. Like how they'll do like those EVP sessions, and it'll be like, and they'll be like, the, it's clearly a ghost that said like I'm Huntington Junior. Right. Like how many times have you watched those things, and it's like without the subtitles, you would have heard nothing. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of like what this guy's like alien research is is mm-hmm. like those subtitles. Yeah, it's the equivalent of those subtitles. Like the magnetic spike is like, oh, clearly it's aliens or it's like you just have like a weird device. Like, you know what I mean? Or right. like it's nothing or like people have weird magnetic fields or there's other equipment around. You know what I mean? Like I think I just feel like he's operating from like such a place of bias that makes me think that like either he does actually believe in it and he's trying to appear to not have bias by being like, I don't believe in anything, not even God, or he really wants to believe in it. I don't know. It's really iffy. Or <laughs> or there are aliens. I'm just saying. But it's like, it's sucky, dude. I want to do one of these like 
kind of like supernatural weird things where we like end on the side of like believing it. But as so many times, it's just like the like truly scary thing is just how people will take advantage of one another. Yeah, that's been a very common theme. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's so upsetting throughout all of humanity. But like, it is upsetting. But I mean, I I don't totally roll it out. I mean, I know with my research, they say like finding aliens might be like not such a good thing yeah. for us anyway. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I would, I would like to believe, oh, and I also did say in mind that like, perhaps there are other civilizations out there and it wouldn't necessarily, oh, <laughs> it wouldn't necessarily like spell out our doom, right? Like maybe we all just made it through this filter and we're heading on to the next best thing. But we'll never be connected because we're too far away. So like there could be people like us, there could be squid in some ocean and some galaxy far, far away. And, you know, we'll never meet, but we're not technically alone. Yeah. So it's also, that was a tad comforting. (laughs) You think about too, like, okay. So like, there's this whole thing. Some people believe in God or gods. Some people believe in ghosts. Some people believe in aliens. Most people believe on some, uh, in something beyond what we can see. And so, like, maybe you combine all of that together, and maybe they're all the same thing. And mm. it's just, you know what I mean? It's something in between all of them. But it, yeah. it suggests that there's something beyond us, like, whether it's, like, metaphysical or just spiritual or it is physical. And, like, that is kind of, like, scary and comforting at the same time. Yeah, I think so. Like, and and I think it'd be kind of foolish to, like you said in the psychic episode, which is out, so um, please listen to it. You know, I, I also feel like it'd kind of be foolish to think that, like, only what we observe is only what there is. Yeah. So... Or only what is, like, scientifically observed is what there is. Yeah. And it's like, would all of this be so common? And, like, would so many people have these weird experiences if there was truly... If it was truly all just, like, psychological, like, made up or Or they just all wanted to make it up just for giggles. Yeah. I don't know. The truth is out there. The truth is out there. And maybe it could be... Maybe it could be, like... A type 3 civilization who could use us just for resources and destroy our whole planet just for the hopes of getting a bit more water for them. And maybe it could be just all people making it up. Um, Both kind of still are a reminder that it's a scary world out there. So hold on to the people you love. Bye. Bye. Aliens, man.